This is WSKG News. I'm Brent Fox. Last month, the U.S. and Canada closed a loophole in a treaty that brought tens of thousands of migrants to tiny Roxham Road in Clinton County to try to claim asylum in Canada. Kara Chapman has this story. When I walk into the Plattsburgh Mountain Mart, a family of five from Turkey is speaking with two Canadian volunteers. Probably a hotel. It will be at least $130 U.S. The volunteers are with Bridges Not Borders, a Quebec-based refugee advocacy organization. They're trying to connect the father, mother, and their three daughters with a place to stay for the night. I approach the Turkish man, and he agrees to speak with me via Google Translate. He doesn't want to give his name because he and his family have an asylum claim in the United States. He tells me they lost their home and relatives during an earthquake in Turkey. They traveled to Mexico, then through the U.S. to try to claim asylum in Canada because he has family there. But they were detained, then deported. We went to the Roxham Gate and they let us in there. They kept us for two days. They deported us even though we said we had no other place to stay. As I continue speaking with the Turkish father, his two older daughters wander about the store. He and his wife take turns holding the third, a baby. I ask him if there's anything he thinks is important for people to know about what they're going through. We are in a desperate situation, but I don't think the authorities fully understand this. They misunderstand us. This man and his family are not the only asylum seekers sent back by Canada who come into the mountain mart. There's a man from the Democratic Republic of the Congo who says he has a common-law wife in Canada. A family from the Dominican Republic and Venezuela who plan to make their way to a friend in New Jersey. A Haitian man and a Congolese woman who linked up while they were in custody. Wendy Ayat, one of the volunteers, helps me translate when I speak to the Congolese woman, who also doesn't want to be identified. I ask her, what's next? She needs to get a place where she can rest, go to a hotel and recover a little bit before she can obviously see clearly what she's going to do next. The woman says she has a sibling in Texas. She says now she has no choice but to apply for asylum in the United States. Her eyes well up with tears. How do you feel right now? Comment vous vous sentez maintenant? Un peu triste. Oui, oui. Oui. Nous, on est triste pour vous. On est triste pour toutes les personnes refoulées. She says she feels sad, and uh, I said, well, we feel very sad for you. Grace Bubeck, the other volunteer, brings the woman and most of the other people we've met to a local hotel. She says it's heartbreaking to see people get turned back from Canada and not understand why. They don't have a plan because their plan was to go to Canada. And, you know, we can do a little bit to help them. But, you know, they're basically left to their own devices. Bubeck says asylum seekers waiting out their claims in Canada have access to all kinds of support. Housing, a social worker, education for their children. That's not a guarantee in the United States. When they're sent back here, some still have money left over to buy a bus ticket or get food and a hotel room. Others, though, used everything they had to get to Canada and have nothing left. Kathy Sager is the president of Plattsburgh Cares. She says her organization was inundated with calls when the Roxham Road loophole closed. Literally hundreds of people were in need of immediate care because 
they spend their last dollars to make this trip. And the word did not get out in time that Roxham Road was shutting down. Sager estimates that Plattsburgh Care spent about a third of its funding to help around 60 people that first week. Now, they're still helping when they get calls, but also working with other groups, trying to get helpful information posted at the Mountain Mart, and advocating for a coordinated response at all levels of government. This is a countywide emergency that we need support with from our county and from the state and from the federal government. So we are appealing on all those levels to create a coordinated response so that people don't fall through the cracks. Part of that effort is Clinton County's Department of Social Services, which administers what are called safety net programs to migrants who are eligible. Deputy Commissioner Rich Holcomb says those can include non-U.S. citizens who are, quote, known to immigration authorities. According to Holcomb, since Clinton County is on a major route to Montreal, it's not a new thing for undocumented people to seek safety net assistance. What is new is just the number of individuals presenting themselves. Holcomb says DSS used to see one or two applications a quarter. Since the border changes went into effect, that number has grown to two to three per day. He says the county has a limited supply of emergency housing, and DSS primarily assists by providing transportation that gets people to other resources. Holcomb says he thinks the agency can handle the current level of need. It's new, but it's not. (laughs) You know, we've dealt with crisis like this before. Um, and we will just deal with it in the same fashion, which is why we have guidelines and rules and regulations. Is It, it kind of makes it easier to do this type of work that way. Holcomb says most of the migrants getting safety net assistance aren't staying in the area, and it seems the number of people coming here with the goal of crossing into Canada is decreasing. The official numbers appear to support that theory. In the three months before the changes went into effect, Canadian police detained more than 1,000 people crossing unofficially into Quebec each week. In the first two weeks after the changes were implemented, 222 were processed. Of those, about three-quarters were sent back to the U.S. Michael Cashman is supervisor of the town of Plattsburgh. He says asylum seekers' presence in the community is a federal issue that requires a federal response, including resources for the state and county. And it continues to be a crisis from the standpoint that a plan needs to be well formulated that if there were a surge, um, and while we've not seen it yet, but should there be a surge uh, in numbers, that it can be upscaled rapidly. I reached out to the Department of Homeland Security about whether the federal government is monitoring the impact of asylum seekers, has a plan to inform or support them, or plans to provide assistance to Clinton County and New York State. I didn't hear back. I also requested interviews with Congresswoman Elise Stefanik and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand about the issue. Stefanik's office didn't get back to me, but Gillibrand sent a statement on her behalf. The senator said, quote, The situation in the North Country shows why it is critical that we pass comprehensive immigration reform. For Ayat, one of the volunteers at the Mountain Mart, the plight of asylum seekers is a lesson to all Canadians who take for granted safety and stability in their country. Um, We have a great deal of difficulty imagining that this could happen to us, that, you know, the the world could turn in such a way so that all of a sudden we're the ones who have to flee. We're the ones who are not safe in our country and really have no choice but to leave. Ayat says her biggest fear now is that asylum seekers will use human traffickers to get into Canada through dangerous terrain. And as for those who are caught and turned back, 
She says it should be the government, not organizations like hers, who help them plot their next steps. Kara Chapman reporting.